sage and fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMVU.org, Many Voices United, and the Radio Free Network.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Man, what a beautiful spring we're having here in Akron, Ohio. I guess we're four inches down on rain. I don't even care. I mean, I guess if I run out of water, I'll care. But right now, every day it's sunny. Beautiful. It's going to be like 85 or something today. It's Well, today is Thursday, the 8th. So I don't know what it is. And you and you future people, people living in the future on Saturday or whatever day you're watching this, listen to this. But man, I don't know. Is it global warming? Global, what do they call it? Climate change? Maybe. Or maybe it's just unusually dry spring. I love it. Man. Feel like a changed person. I, uh, and it, <laughs> it actually comes from a place of hopelessness. Uh, somebody was telling me, let me see if I can find this. Jesus oil feet, anointing oil, Jesus feet. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> uh, anointing of Jesus. Look at that chick. Mary Magdalene is traditionally pictured with a vessel of ointment. Eh, You think she looked like that? I know she didn't look like that. I bet she looked hotter than that. That was just some chick that some artist, he picked his hot chick. Uh, Okay. The anointing of Jesus head and feet are events recorded in the four gospels. Uh, the honorific anointing with perfume is an action frequently mentioned in other literature from the time. However, using long hair to dry Jesus feet is in John and Luke. I, I don't need all that. I don't know. People are weird, man. People always are weird. Long hair. I just, I don't even want people touching my feet though. So I'm not signing up for any of this, but, uh, should be regarded as an exceptional gesture. I'm sure considerable debate has discussed the identity of the woman. So anyways, uh, apparently let's see, uh, at, um, last supper or something. Okay. Hold on. So, Okay. You know, I should have prepared. Okay. Let me see about this. Uh, 
Okay, so here it says, whatever, Kurt Vonnegut. I don't even know what I'm reading here. I'm just going to find things. To <laughs> whatever it was that Jesus really said to Judas was said in Aramaic. And of course, uh, of course, and has come to us through Hebrew and Greek and Latin and archaic English. Maybe he only said something a lot like, the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Perhaps a little something has been lost in translation. I'd like to recapture what's been lost. Why? Because I, Christian worshiping agnostic, a Christ worshiping agnostic, huh, have been so much unchristian in patience with poor, encouraged by the quotation, quotation, for the poor always ye have with you. If Jesus did in fact say that, it is a divine black joke, well suited to the occasion. It says everything about hypocrisy and nothing about the poor. It is a Christian joke, which allows Jesus to remain civil to Judas, but to chide him for his hypocrisy with all the same. Judas, don't worry about it. There'll still be plenty of poor people left long after I'm gone. <laughs> My own translation does no violence to the words in the Bible. I have changed their order some, not merely to make them into a joke. The situation calls for to harmonize them too with the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount suggests a mercifulness that can never waver or fade. So look, Jesus said this thing. For the poor always ye have with you. Let's see if I can find that. Uh, this is Matthew 26, 11. The poor you will always have with you, but you'll not always have me. <laughs> That's the international version. The New Living Test translation says, you always have the poor among you, but you'll not always have me. <laughs> Damn, that is some cold ass shit. <laughs> okay, here's uh, fh.org. I don't know what this is. Have you ever known someone who was really passionate about poverty? The kind of person who goes on short-term mission trips, donates to help the poor, and seems to truly believe that poverty can be overcome? You may have wondered if that person was really thinking straight. After all, Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. But what did Jesus mean by that? What's the true meaning of the verse, the poor you will always have with you? Sometimes the verse is interpreted to say, if you can't overcome poverty, it's a useless cause. Don't waste your money on it. Even Jesus said so. <laughs> ah, there's another point of view, though. Hold on. Hold on. Was Jesus really saying that ending poverty is a useless cause? Let's look at the passage to find out. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar with, of an expensive perfume, which she poured on his head and as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. <laughs> Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you always have with you, but you'll not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. 
Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in mercy of, of, of memory of her. When Jesus said the poor always have with you, did he mean that his followers shouldn't care about the poor? Was he saying that attempting to resolve extreme poverty is useless? Looking at this passage carefully in context reveals a few insights. First, the poor you always have with me is only half the sentence. The remainder is, but you'll not always have me. Jesus was speaking directly to the disciples, referring about their own life. Okay, next. It's important to know that Jesus was quoting from Scripture. Three, we know from John's account of the scene that Judas Iscariot was the disciple who questioned why the perfume was not sold and the proceeds given to the poor. Immediately after the scene, Judas would leave to betray Jesus because he was pissed. Judas was trying to find a ca- find cause for criticism of Jesus. Oh, that's why. And to distract from a lavish act of love to the Savior, Jesus was correcting the idea. Uh, good news about the poor. The very good news about poverty is that extreme poverty is ending. It's true, actually. At Food for the Hungry, we see it every day as communities move towards graduation out of poverty into abundance. We believe this work is a sign of God's kingdom. It's part of his plan for the people whom he created and dearly love. It's true that poverty can be passed down from generation to generation with terrible persistence. However, it is not true that people living in poverty can't escape it or that God wants them to stay in poverty. Scripture is uh rich with promises that the poor can have abundant life today, including emerging from their poverty. What's your alabaster jar? They want to know the woman who anointed Jesus still teaching us today, just as Jesus predicted her example challenges us to give our very best to God without regard to the way others might see us. How might God be calling you to give your best today? Okay. Now, Let's do, uh, I got another good one for you. The, uh, 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 um, this lady, the little nun lady in Calcutta, uh, mother Teresa, mother Teresa on the poor being a, uh, Good thing. I love Google. I just type in words. So here is uh, five of Mother Teresa's most inspiring quotes requiring uh, uh, doing poverty. No. Okay. Okay, hold on. That's not the one I want. Uh, let's see if I can find an image on it. Let's see. So she said something really uh controversial mother teresa controversy how about this maybe google will know what i'm talking about there criticism of mother teresa okay media criticisms quality of medical care baptism of the dying 
quotes. I mean, what else do you have to do? Except, uh, you know, watch me or listen to me look on the internet. Okay. Anyways, I can't. Okay. She said something about, um, okay, here it is. There's something beautiful in seeing the poor accept their lot to suffer it like Christ's passion. The world gains much more from their suffering. <laughs> that's so, you know, uh, that's kind of crazy, right? So that, um, is a little shocking. There's something beautiful in seeing the poor accept their lot to suffer it like Christ Christ's passion. The world gains much from their suffering. Um, so now we do know that poverty is decreasing worldwide. We know this. You can easily Google that. I'm going to stop Googling. It's very uninteresting. Uh, <laughs> entertainment. We know that it is decreasing. The poverty is decreasing overall. But do you ever think, and sure, one person can move out of poverty and maybe their family will never be poor again. But do you really think poverty is going to go away? Do you ever think that you are going to see a day where everyone has a place to live and everyone has enough food. Those seem like the most basic principles, right? Everybody has a place to live and everybody has enough food. And I don't think you're ever going to see that because I happen to live in the richest country in the world and the most Christian, okay? Most Christian, richest country. And I can go a block and find somebody that has no shelter and uh, doesn't know if they're going to eat anything today. I can find kids like that in the richest, most Christian country in the world. I can find senior citizens, veterans, uh in seriously mentally ill people, people without uh, legs. Uh, I could probably find you a senior citizen veteran without a leg that doesn't have a place to sleep or uh, enough food. Today, right now, I could do it in my city. <laughs> so... And it's worse in the richer cities. The more expensive the cities, the more poverty there is. So money is not curing poverty. It's not. It's not curing poverty. Uh, we have food stamps. We have, 
you know, subsidized housing, but it's not enough. There's 20,000 people on our waiting list just in Akron, Ohio for subsidized housing. 20,000 people in Akron, Ohio. There's only 190,000 people that live in our city, for God's sake. 20,000 of them are on the list for subsidized housing. (laughs) We don't have 20,000 houses to put people in. That's just Akron, Ohio. Uh, We're never going to see the end of poverty. We're never going to see the end of homelessness. We're never going to see the end of hunger. We're not. I can't. I can't. I mean, I'm not going to see it in my own lifetime, in my own city. And you know what's funny? Like, the food bank is right down the road. They could feed everybody in this city. Distribution's the problem. I can only go to the food bank uh, once a week. And I give the food to uh, this woman by the name of Mary at a transitional house at the homeless charity house. She feeds up between 50 and 100 people a day. A day, seven days a week. That's just, you know, within a block of her house. Hungry people. Hungry people. I can't get all the food to all the people. There isn't enough time in my life. And I, and there are many people distributing food. Just the distribution alone creates hunger. So there's a hopelessness that just falls on you of like You're going to, I don't know, are you going to change a little something? If you, your whole life, you spend your whole life doing one thing and you change a little something, you're not ending anything. You're doing one thing, one thing. John Brown murdered people to end slavery. Awesome. Got hung for it. And uh, probably started the Civil War that officially ended slavery. Do you know what they did? They made the 13th Amendment. uh, No slaves unless you're a criminal, and then they just made more criminals. So we just, what we did was now we took our black people, mostly black people, but poor people too, white poor people, Hispanic poor people, any poor people will do nowadays, put them in jail, and now we're allowed to slave them, turn them into slavers. Because it says so right in the Constitution. So good job, John Brown. Got your ass fucking hung. They just moved the slave trade into the fucking prisons. I hear there's more slavery now than there was back then. And there's more people now, of course. More slavery. Was it worth it, John Brown? Getting your ass lynched? People write about you. There's a fucking statue buried in the woods of the zoo right now commemorating you that nobody can get to. 
been vandalized and all fucked up. Good job, John Brown. Good job. (laughs) Got your ass killed. And you killed your kids. Got your kids killed. Took them out there and you're stupid, retarded. I'm sorry. There's no better word to describe uh, the raid on Harper's Ferry. Ferry. Retarded. Absolutely mad. Stupid. So lame. Got your kids killed. Good job, John Brown. Bet your wife is happy for you. You ended slavery. Then they just moved it to the prisons. <laughs> and now we buy chocolate from children's slavers just over there on the Gold Coast of Africa where we were stealing the black people. Now we don't need to steal them because we can just, you know, we have global trade now. So we can leave the slaves over in Africa and slave them over there so we don't have to look at them so I can eat chocolate. Shrimp, they're slaves peeling shrimp. Good job, John Brown. (laughs) You really, really did something there, buddy. Good job. Good job. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm certainly not giving up, but I think I'm done yelling. Because you know why? The yelling doesn't help. Just makes people mad at me. Uh, Some people like me. Some people like to see me yell. Some people don't like to see me yell. Mostly, uh, I feel like, you know, I'm going to give myself a heart attack. I don't need that. I don't need a heart attack for yelling on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Cops suck. Firemen suck. EMS sucks. Hospitals suck. Government sucks. Politicians suck. They're all out to uh, keep their foot on the neck of the poor and black people. Hispanic people, brown people. Yeah, we all know it. It's absolutely, absolutely fact. But me yelling on Facebook ain't doing a damn bit of good. Nobody's like, oh my God, Sage, I had no idea. I had no idea that there was oppression in America. People don't believe shit. They they don't they don't they, they they're not about learning about facts. Let me tell you something. I know some teachers, okay? Right now, the, okay. They were upset about coronavirus, rightfully so. I'm I'm pro teacher, I'm pro worker, whatever. I'll I'll stand up for teachers, but uh they were all about the CDC, okay? The CDC said you got to wear masks, you got to have a special uh, congregate settings, you know, you got to have a, I forget, you have to have special groups of kids sticking together, six feet apart, okay? And uh, they got that. They got that. They got air filtration. They got everything. Well, now they got their vaccines. And the CDC now has said you can do three feet apart. Mostly the masks are the most important part. Uh, and you don't have to worry so much about uh, these 
whatever. I can't cohorts. They call them cohorts. Cohorts where a, a, a small group of kids stay together. Those same teachers that love the CDC now don't believe the CDC. They don't believe in the three feet. They still want six feet apart. They want, they still want remote learning. Some teachers want to work remote. They want to work remote. They don't believe in the CDC anymore. They used to believe in the CDC when it uh, supported their beliefs. Now the CDC is changing. I don't know why these people are afraid. They got the vaccine. Their parents got the vaccine. Everybody's got the, the kids don't have a vaccine, but they're not going to kill you. And the kids aren't going to die. I don't think we've had a coronavirus death in Summit County in the last couple of weeks. Could be wrong about that, but I know at one point the report came out, zero deaths just recently. People aren't dying from coronavirus anymore. But now these teachers don't believe in the CDC. People don't believe in anything they don't want to believe in. When the facts support their beliefs, they believe in the facts. When the facts don't support their beliefs, they don't believe in the facts. That's what a human is. That's 100% what a human is. I've seen people, humans with PhDs, pull that shit. GMO crops, scientifically proven to be safe. Well, they don't like Monsanto. I don't even know if Monsanto's a thing anymore. People buy and shit, and I don't even know. They don't like them. So they don't believe in the science. Science says it's fine. Well, they don't care. They don't care. People, anti-vaxxers, science says, uh, well, those people just don't believe in science at all. So it doesn't even matter. I mean, they don't even think science is like a real thing. Obviously they believe in flat earth. They don't believe people went to the moon. I mean, you can't even have a conversation with those people. Those people don't even believe it. I don't think they, you can't even talk to them about facts unless you talk about their facts because they got facts. They read a website. They'll be happy to talk about those facts. People are insane. We're wild animals with computers, rocket ships. <laughs> Ridiculous. We're absurd. We're insane. So you can't trust. You can't tell people facts and you can't yell facts at them. You just make them mad. If they believe the cops are good, there ain't nothing you're going to do to change your life. You're like, what about the guy that had his fucking leg on that one guy's neck for like nine minutes? Nah, that guy deserved it. He died from a drug overdose. <laughs> do you think it's possible having your somebody's knee on your neck for nine minutes could fucking kill you? Yeah, well, maybe, but that's not what happened there. That guy died from a drug overdose. Okay, thank, thank you for your participation in this enlightening conversation. Dr guns, okay? Guns. Nothing changes in this country about guns. Nothing. There are no gun laws, no mental health, nothing. Nothing. Nothing changes about guns. We just keep shooting people. 
the guy that gets, you know, the guy that shot him, you know, he's going to have some problems. If he's not dead, he didn't kill himself already. He's definitely going to be going to jail. But the system that created that guy, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Things change. But it's kind of like when you take a, 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 you take, okay, you take a, you take a, one of those long dick like looking balloons, you know, the long ones, the long look like a sausage, like a big wiener. And you squeeze it and the water squishes out on either side. That's how it is with humans. We don't fix anything. We just squeeze water around. We're like, oh, we cured, we, we cured slavery. Oh, you did, did you? Oh, now it's just in the prisons and they just now they keep the slaves just in Africa. Good job. Good job. There's more slaves now than there was then. Good job. It's actually worse. Good job. At least you don't have to look at them. Now it's not unsightly anymore. You don't have black people walking around in chains out in the fields. Except when you do, and they're on chain gangs in the, <laughs> in the prisons. <laughs> but now they're wearing orange. They're criminals. They're criminals. They had drugs on them. Oh, boy. Those no good criminals. They get what they get. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of come to the realization that ain't nothing changing. No reason to kill yourself over trying to change things. <laughs> ain't nothing changing. <laughs> you might as well send out hope and positivity because you ain't changing shit. No point in yelling at people facts or brutal truths because if they don't want to believe them, they're not going to believe them. Just stop. Just stop. But on that basis of hopelessness and things aren't going to change, you can shift the, you know, the plates around on the table a little bit. And, uh, I um I don't know. I mean, look, we really used to hate gay people. We don't hate them as much anymore. I mean, still people some hate them. Uh drug addicts, we still hate drug addicts, but I believe we could like lighten up on drug addicts because drug addicts are not criminals. They're just people with brain disease, proven, scientifically proven brain disease. That's another thing liberals a lot of times like to look the other way. Science has proven that addiction to alcohol and drugs is a brain disease. Scientifically proven brain disease, they don't believe it. Those people made a choice. They're making a choice to do drugs. Maybe you can change that sentimentality someday. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> you ain't going to change shit in the world. Ask any black person how it is being black in America. Just ask them. <laughs> I dare you. You think, uh, 
You think racism has racism gotten any better in America? I don't think so. I think people say shit now that, you know, they're like, we're against racism. They're not fucking against racism. They're fucking against racism. As long as it doesn't affect them. As soon as racism affects them, now they got a problem. Like, and they're anti-racism. As soon as their anti-racism affects them, they're like, mm, uh, now we're getting a little, uh, we're getting a little, uh, things are going a little too far. <laughs> long as black people play along on the white man's game, everything's going to be fine. Air. Look, you couldn't get a job, right? I have a friend as a master's degree he says it's the biggest mistake he got because the uh, biggest mistake of his life, because now he can't get to be, he can't, he can't get a job as a janitor because he's overqualified. Can't get a job as anything else. Can't get a janitor job because he's got a master's degree. You probably don't believe me. You probably are like, oh, Sage, that's not true must be something else going on. No, no, that's America. Ask any black person. I dare you. If that's what I'm saying is true or not, just ask them, walk up to a black person and say, Hey, is it hard to get a job here as a black person? See what they say. Just ask them any black person, any find one in a suit. If you don't, if you don't want to trust the low income guys, people, Find a fancy black guy. Fancy. Go to a fancy restaurant with a fancy black guy dressed in a fancy suit. Just walk right up to him and say, excuse me, sir. Is it hard in America to get a job as a black person? Just sit right down. You're going to hear a tale. <laughs> oh, man. Barack Obama tells stories where a white guy at the country club handed him his keys. Tell him to go get his car. Barack motherfucking Obama. Uh, who's the guy that invented beats super, I think he's a billionaire now. Ah, there's video of him in handcuffs outside of his house because the neighbors called on him. They're black guy in the neighborhood. I don't know what's up. Put him in cuffs. The guy that invented beats, not Jay-Z, Eminem guy, Uh, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre, handcuffs in cuffs, handcuffed outside of his like beach resort. Dr. Fucking Dre. So yeah, ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed. So you got to go into life just realizing that and you ain't going to change shit. You ain't going to fucking change shit. That doesn't mean you shouldn't help because people still fucking need help and you can raise awareness, but don't get all crazy about it. Don't get yourself killed. Don't kill other people. It ain't worth it. It ain't fucking worth it. Like right now, I have built something called the hut. It is a plastic shed I bought from Sam's club. Cost me, I think, $900. And damn, it was not easy to put together. <laughs> the instructions were great, but it was just a lot of work. 
I put it on some pallets and now I'm working with a guy that's going to help me run electric to it. And I'm going to run electric to it. And I want to put an air conditioning unit in it. And I want to put a heater in it and some lights. And then I'm going to get a fire extinguisher, a smoke detector, and a carbon monoxide detector. I'm going to put all those things in there. Okay. I'm going to do all that. And uh, I'm going to rent it out for a hundred bucks to a homeless person. I already got, I mean, I literally, I put it up. Within an hour, I already had a person that wanted to rent it for a hundred bucks. Uh, the, 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 the hut is on property owned by a charity. I also have two tents on that property. Now, I don't know if you know me or not, but I have a little bit of a, what do you call it? Reputation. That's what I got. <laughs> I got a reputation. You see, once upon a time, I had 50 tents on my land for two years. The city shut it down. Now, the reason I let the city shut it down was because that's what my lawyers told me to do. And it was on my business property and I wasn't set up financially correct. And I just figured they would bankrupt me. And my wife was fucking pissed and... Well, she wasn't pissed, but, you know, she didn't want to go bankrupt. You know, she wanted to live in a house. She didn't want to live out in a tent. So I shut that down and then they shut down my day center and I shut that down because, you know, they fucking find me and shit. <laughs> but now I got another house. And that house is not in my name. It's in the charity's name. And I'm going to war with the city. I am not taking down my hut or my tents on that property. Because human beings require shelter. They require it. There's a few things humans require. Air. To breathe. Okay, you need that. Food, you gotta eat. Sleep, you gotta sleep. These are not optional activities. Actually, you need sleep more than you need food. You gotta sleep a lot. A lot. You can fast a few days all the day you want. Nobody's gonna, you ain't gonna hurt yourself doing that. Fast a few days, you'll be fine. You sleep not a few days, you're going to be fucked up. You're going to start seeing shit. You're going to go bananas. Three days without sleep. You're going to go nuts. And shelter. Look at your hand right now. Look at it. Just look at your hand. Do it. How much fur you got on that hand? You got a lot. Is your dog sitting next to you? Look at his hand. Fur. He's got fur. You don't. Now, you do have a light. You do have a little bit of hair. You look real close. There's a little bit of hair. Some people have a lot of hair. But that hair ain't taking care of you outside. It ain't. 
That hair is just from a remnant of when you didn't have clothes and you didn't have shelter. Some people believe we lived in the trees with some other asshole apes that pushed us out of the trees. Fuckers. That's why we're all skittish. Pushed us out of the trees. Then we landed on the ground. We had to fucking fight for ourselves. Turns out <laughs> our brain was doing pretty good. And we fucking, I don't know, made a spear and fucked those, probably those fuckers up in those trees. Probably fucked them right back up. Showed them. <laughs> so uh, you got to have shelter. You got to have it. You got to be out of the wind. You got to be out of the rain. Wind and rain at 50 degrees will kill you. Okay? It will kill you. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Without shelter at 50 degrees, rain and wind will kill you. The sun will kill you. Heat exhaustion, hypothermia, those are the opposite ends of the weather. You need to get out of the weather. You have no option. Look, find me the most ruthless, mean son of a bitch murderer, and I will show you a guy that is getting three meals a day inside. Okay? And I'm glad he does because people need it. It's not optional. It's not optional. It's not a nice to have like Netflix. Shelter is a requirement. You must have shelter. Every human being must have access to shelter. And in the richest, most Christian country in the world, Every American citizen must have shelter. You don't, you don't want to talk about immigrants. Fine. I don't even give a shit. Somebody else could talk about immigrants. They, every human needs shelter. Immigrants should get shelter. I think they're getting shelter down on the border. Aren't they? It's not great, but they're getting it. American citizens lived here for generations, left unsheltered. The cities come and steal their crap because they're not living in the right place. They don't have anywhere to live. Well, go to the shelter. There's beds in the shelter. Bitch, that place is like prison. 8.30 curfew. Three Christian services a day. LGBTQIA not welcome. No pets. One bin of uh, 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 your uh, possessions, no dogs, no, no. You can't even go to church three times a day with your spouse. You can only talk to your spouse if you can produce a marriage certificate. Fuck that. Fuck that. And if you don't think you would say that when you've lost everything, you don't understand who you are as a human being. You don't understand who you are. You don't understand when everything is pulled away from you, taken away from you, stolen from you. And then they're like, and you can't spend time 
with your wife or with your dog, you're like, fuck that. Men, there is no shelter in Akron, Ohio, men with kids. None. None, 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 none. If a mom has a kid, a boy that's 13 years old, they cannot stay together. It's totally illegal. There ain't no shelter in Akron that'll let a mom with a 13-year-old boy or older stay with her. None. They do whatever they want, these shelters. I worked with a lady who wanted to go to the shelter. Uh, she was in a wheelchair. Not wheelchair accessible. No room for the wheelchair, people. I'm not fucking this up, okay? There's a million reasons why a person wouldn't go to a shelter and why they would rather sleep in a tent. They have a right to choose where they live, and a city has an obligation to make space available for everyone of all income levels, including zero income. Okay? Zero income. There are many people who have lost their job, gotten disabled, and are on the waiting list for disability, no income. Now, sure, they'll pay you back the back what they owe you if you can prove that you were disabled, but you are on the list to get disability. You're not getting disability tonight. You ain't got no money tonight. Where are you going to stay? You ain't got no money. Your back went out at work. You got fired. You ain't got no money. Where are you going to stay? It's you and your dog. You and your dog and your wife. It's all you have left now. And you're bad back. What are you going to do? Can you put yourself in their position? <sighs> person wants to live in a tent, I'm going to let him live in a tent. And I'm not backing down this time. Because this is a human rights issue. I don't have to kill anybody like John Brown. I don't have to yell on Facebook. All I have to do is put up a tent and say, that tent stays. Now, I will say... <laughs> I'm not doing 50 tents right out the gate. I got the hut and I got two tents right now and nobody's in the hut. One tent guy is keeping to himself really great. This other tent guy, big problem. He's a big problem. You know why? Cause he's crazy. He's got hoarding issues. His drug addiction makes him insane. Now his girlfriend moved in with her dog. Jesus. I think I'm holding it three <laughs> until I get this one guy straightened out. I ain't bringing any more people on this land because I'm already, I told him the other day, I'm like running 50 tents was easier than handling you. I never let him. We never let him live in our village because everybody knew he was crazy. He's crazy. It's not violent. Crazy. He's just crazy. And I'm sorry if that's not politically correct. You work with this guy long enough, you'll be saying the same words. Doesn't mean I don't love him. Doesn't mean I ain't going to take care of him. But I'm telling you, that fucker's crazy as fuck. <laughs> Man, 
<laughs> I told him yesterday, I said, look, man, I've never said this to anybody. I've never once, all the years I've been doing this work, I've never said this to one person. I'm going to say it to you right now. You need to quit doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told him. That's what I told him. I said, you need to quit doing drugs. You are the worst on drugs. I said, there are four people standing around here, right here, three of which are on drugs, and you are the fucked up one. I wasn't on drugs. I don't do drugs right now. Thinking about some psychedelics down the road, but I'm, oh, I do, I do. I'm sorry. That's not true. I am on uh, citalopram, which is a um, antidepressant. So I am on drugs. We're all on drugs. Okay. I see. I lied to that guy. We're all on drugs standing around here and you're the only one that's going, going bananas. You're crazy. (coughs) (coughs) Everybody will tell you too. Everybody that knows this guy, they're like, yeah, this fucker can't handle drugs. And he is not even just the meth. Any drug he ingests, he goes banana. I don't know what his fucking problem is, but he cannot fucking handle drugs. He can't. Just goes crazy. These drugs. Well, I ain't going to get him to stop doing drugs. Not by telling him to stop doing drugs. Not my business. My business is to shelter people. I'm the shelter guy. It's all I do. It's all I do. I am not here to tell you not to do sex work. I'm not here to tell you not to do drugs, except that fucker. I told him that one time. I'm not going to tell him again, but I'm telling you, that guy, man, he can't even do his fucking drugs. You ever, you an alcoholic by chance? I'm an alcoholic. And, uh, like, uh, there were two days. My phone went off. I hope I'm not late to something. What's that? Uh, Okay. I don't, I think I'm good. So, um, there were two days I did not go out and drink. Uh, St. Patrick's day and, uh, new year's day, new year's Eve amateur night. It's when all the fucking amateurs go out, can't handle their shit, driving around fucking drunk, Going totally bananas. Always stayed in on those days. Drank at home. (laughs) Those fuckers couldn't handle their liquor. Nothing worse. Nothing worse than a drunk that can't handle those fucking drunk men that just start crying at the bar. Oh, God. Is there anything worse? Is there? I ask you. It's so gross. So disgusting. I am really anti-alcoholic now, mostly because I would act a fool a lot myself. I I admit it. I, that's why I had to quit. I was puking and fucking calling off of work and acting like a fool. And, uh, you know, I like called it. I'm like, all right, I can't do this shit no more. I can't handle my alcohol no more. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I look. If you're going to, and look, I know really good meth users and they'll all tell you the same thing. That fucker cannot handle his meth. And I'm telling you, he can't handle pot either. He fucking can't do it. I don't know what's the matter with his brain, but he fucking takes one toke on a fucking blunt and that fucker is bananas. Instantly bananas. 
I know a lot of people that are just fine on meth. Just fine. Though all this propaganda about how dangerous meth is. I've never seen anybody die on meth. Now they've died because they, you know, got fucking laced with fentanyl or car fentanyl. That wasn't their fault. They, you know, they, the, we've criminalized uh, freedom here in America. And so people have to buy their drugs on the fucking street. And these fuckers don't know how to, you know, like be, have any goddamn integrity in their businesses. And they just fucking throw at whatever they want in their drugs and people fucking overdose by mistake. Some people say they've, they've died on meth. I've heard it. I, maybe you're right. I just never seen it. I ain't no seen, never seen anybody die on fucking meth. I see him get itchy. I see him get paranoid. I, I seen all that, but I ain't seen nobody ever get fucking dead on meth. Most people I know, I would say 75% of the people I know on meth walk around just fine. It's like a strong cup of coffee. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the fucking truth. Okay. We got to get over this whole propaganda that meth is dangerous. Remember when pot was dangerous? Do you remember changing our tune on that? Oh, really? So you think if they lied to you about pot, they could lie to you about fucking meth. Hmm. You think? No, the government lie to you to serve their own purposes. No, that's just silly. So yeah, I've had a change of heart. I'm not going to yell anymore. Uh, my wife says I'm a kind of a positive person, so I'm just going to focus on the positivity. Uh, my heart thanks me. I think most people on Facebook thank me. And uh, that's good. And uh, and I feel like, you know, I'm going to put up these tents. I go, I got the tents up, and I'm going to put up my hut. I'm going to get it electrified. A guy's coming out this weekend to help me put electric in it. I'm thinking AC and heat. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it really cute. I'm making a, a sanctuary or a, a memorial garden for all of our lost brothers and sisters, homeless and opiate addicted. Uh, people can come and pay respect to these people. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make a garden. I got a nice chunk of land. I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go buy some Adirondack chairs. I saw these Adirondack chairs down at Ace Hardware. Uh, I think I'm going to buy about a 10 of those and put them in my new garden so people can chill. I saw a guy yesterday. His name is red. I'd never met him before, but I'm like, he brought his dog over and I'm like, Oh, thanks for being here. I'm trying to make an in Memorial garden. He's like, I know I, I come over pretty much every day. I'm like, wow, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. It's nice because it's kind of out of the way. Can't see it from the street. So, but I'm going to make it super cute. But I, the one rule I have with, my friend that can't handle his drugs is to keep his shit clean. Can't fucking do it. Can't fucking do it. Paid him a hundred dollars to clean up his place. Then I had to come over and help him finish up. He did an okay job. I come back. There's shit all over the ground again. God damn it. Some lady told me it's has to do with trauma. Probably does. I just want the fucking shit cleaned up. Can you fucking not throw your shit all over the fucking ground? How am I going to have a nice memorial garden with your shit laying all over the ground? I'm working on him. It's all right. I love him. He's a good guy. We have the same birthday by 10 years, though. September 28th. Pretty sweet. 
I like him. He and I have it out every once in a while. That's okay. We make up all the time. So that's what's going on in my life. I'm going to stop yelling and I'm going to start doing. I mean, what will happen? It's the charity that owns the property. One of the cool things I've learned in doing this work is the city government just refers to their rule book all the time. They refer to their rule book all the time. So uh, you just fuck around in their rules. Like, you know, they're like, you can't have an, you can't have an encampment. This ain't no encampment. This is not an illegal campground. Campground is a place. No, it's not. This ain't a campground. This is a shed. Uh, and these are some people that are emergency sheltering. It's not a, it's not a campground. And then you watch and see, what are they going to do? They're going to sue my charity. Fine. You're going to take the house. Fine. What are they going to do? They're going to fuck with me. Of course they're going to fuck with me, but that's fine. I'm fucking with them because you know what? It is unjust and inhumane to not allow people to shelter somewhere. And it's my private land. I'm not asking to shelter on somebody else's land. I'm not asking to shelter on some state land, some city land, my land. And I'm thinking just three people right now. I'm not going ham. I'm not going to go real hard because that's a whole different thing. In fact, I feel like helping a homeless person, you really should do it one at a time. You can't institutionalize this. It's all very, very individual, you know? And so maybe three. I think I might stop at three. We'll see. Well, now it's four because this lady, this girl, this young girl moved in with her dog on dog. It's hard. People need a place to live. Okay. You don't understand. Anybody complains to me that, uh, they're, you know, I got homeless people living on my land. Well, come and get them motherfucker. You don't like them living here. Go give them something else. They're sitting right here. You talk to them, but no, they'll blame me. They'll blame me. They'll say it's my fault. They'll say it was me that did it. Sages, uh, what am I doing? Enabling homeless people. Whatever. It's the homeless service providers that say it too. They don't stand up for me. It's because they don't make any money on tents. They only want to do what they make money on. It's all about money for them. I swear to God, it is. I'm not a fucking new on that shit. They only do what makes them money. And you know what's funny? We have a program here uh, in Akron called Home Again. Uh, they'll give you first in, first month rent and a down payment. But you know what? You have to live someplace not fit for human habitation, like a tent or a garage. The system literally needs it. They literally need it. This is ridiculous. We must do better. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.